1: SRB Media
0: is it so
1: you're lost in dreams beside the world wanna go where I'm
0: not good evening Gabby
2: good evening TC, and welcome all to part 16 of our weekly podcast the current view with the idol of Hillsborough Mr Terry Curran have you had a good weekend? Yeah, it's been been good. An awful lot's gone on in uh, in football in a week and in life as well. I, off football, I've been a best best man. Um, so yeah, we've had a, a, a good time off the pitch as well as on it. How About yourself, what what have you been doing away from football
0: this week? Not much really. Um, what have I would say yeah, uh, not not playing the country's head the other week. Yeah. Sorry, he's not been allowed to play for, for three weeks, so uh, I've not been anywhere football-wise. Uh, but obviously, great result for uh, Sheffield Wednesday, and I see your lads have got a good result with the young lads coming through. Yep. And uh, Jack, really, is really playing uh, really well for uh, Norwich, and a great result for uh, Aspen Miller. Yeah. Um,
2: what have you picked out, firstly, as your magic moment of the week?
0: Well, uh, what was the one? Oh, the fifth goal at, at Villa's. <laughs> uh, what a fantastic uh,
1: yeah.
0: goal that was! I, I love to see, you know, class uh, goals, and obviously the curve on it. I mean, choose who would have been in goal the want to stop that one. But again, when you look, when you look at football now, and not only just in the Premier League and the Championship, but lower down, the goals what are scored? It's and some of these games are fantastic. They are, they're fantastic.
2: But I think you're right, what you've said in earlier podcasts. Goals in the lower divisions have always been scored and some great goals that have been scored. But you didn't have YouTube and you didn't have the social media and you didn't have all the cameras at all the games like we have today. So lots of those goals wasn't recorded, but they
0: are now. Exactly. You're exactly right on that. And obviously, we not just... Hus fans uh, miss out on it, but it's great for the for the players what's play at that level because they never get the recognition like you know uh, a Premier League player and a Championship player and I understand that because obviously yeah, they're playing in higher leagues but there is still some fantastic goals uh, and there is some fantastic movements uh, 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 of play from some of these teams now in these lower levels.
2: So this is what I used to love about Match of the Day in the seventies. It used to be pretty much three games, didn't it? And it would be what they perceived to be match of the day. But they'd also go down into the lower leagues division. Well, it used to be league division one, two, three, and four, of course, in them days. So, you know, if you was riding I like you guys were and we're going to talk about the demolition derby yeah. <laughs> and Boxing Day massacre as we get more, you know, closer to Christmas. But, you know, that was a match of the day and stuff like that was our match of the day. And I think rightly it should be. And it gives us football fans a better diet of what goes on throughout the football leagues and not just the one league. Yeah
0: well it, obviously it's nice uh, it, it, it is nice for, for the lower clubs uh, to get the recognition yeah. um on much did they in, in those days but obviously now i mean there's cameras at uh, every game now so we all, yeah. we all see the goals uh, i think it's on quest red now isn't it yeah, um, yeah. Uh, which which in in one sense that's disappointing because why is not uh, kept on Channel 4 or Channel 5 I think it was Channel 5 but it was on or even ITV Uh, so the rest of the country uh, has seen it what uh, obviously can't afford uh, the skies and the BTs of this world no
2: 100% agree I'm going to go with my magic moments I've got a few this week (laughs) Um,
0: I could have gone with a few you're right I could have
2: gone with a few have another couple then TC
0: uh, well, now then, you put me straight on a spot because I I picked them out and then and and then I looked at the one in one I wanted to talk about because what you do then you start talking about other ones and not the one what you wanted to do yeah but uh, what I'll do next week I will pick two or three out and keep yeah. to keep them but what I was looking at with it with the Villa one and there were a couple more goals in, in that game which were were very good yeah um you know I mean the Newcastle game uh, goal was a good one. You know, but but uh, well, I will pick a couple out next week, two or three out next week, and uh, and then everybody, but mentioned. But like I said, what I'm looking at as well as the the championship and the and, and the Premier League, I'm looking at the um, lower levels, yeah, and, and to see what goals uh, are seeing there. What's uh, very very good goals, and I mean the other week was a one at Grimsby for or Grimsby uh, Robson for uh, Grimsby Town against um, Exeter. But uh, no, there is good goals at all levels now. I think what we'll
2: do with the Magic Moments, because it was Magic Moment, it's Magic Moments, we'll pick one from the Premier League and then one from any other oh, football league, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that we see. So yep. I'm going to go Odin Bailey's winning goal for, for Birmingham City Birmingham, yep. against Middlesbrough because you know what it's like. You dominate the game. I mean, I thought Middlesbrough it was probably the worst Middlesbrough team I'd ever seen and I don't think they played with any fullbacks all night. <laughs> I thought they were absolutely awful. Having said that, Birmingham done well and I think Birmingham are assembling a group of young players that have got ability on the ball now and can hurt teams but you know, how many games have you played in TC over the years where you've dominated possession you've dominated everything they go and score a goal just before the end and, and, and get something from the game but Birmingham did grab that victory out of the jaws of a draw and it was great to see Odin Bailey getting on the score sheet for his first Birmingham City goal
0: You're right, I mean these games i played and you think how would we lost that or yeah. how would be draw that uh, and how did we not win that you know uh... But fans are saying they will look at it. And think, I, I, we lost that game, but the, the, the Birmingham, they are looking uh, uh, like a team again. Is, yeah. is Birmingham City. I mean, we can, we can, we can knock. I try not to knock teams because it's easier Because then what we're talking about is the the team what hasn't done well or what's got beaten instead of the team what did well. You know, and Birmingham conceded a goal. What eighty eighth minute, eighty sixth yeah. minute, something like that, yeah. and then they got the the winner. You know, in the ninetieth minute. I mean, they, they, it's great to see young lads given given uh, game time. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you want some experience with them. I'm not saying you want you need to play, but there's been far too many managers over the years what's been frightened to put players into the team, and now you can see the blossom in some of these young players. If you give them a chance, they have got the enthusiasm. Yet they have got the energy. They haven't got a fear factor. The the one thing they'll the, the lack is to understand is there's got to be times when they're under pressure that they've got to be got to be able to handle that type of pressure uh, and not even not only when it's going well for them but when it's not going well for them and that's when people want to criticise them instead of looking at the situation uh, praising them when they have done well and and then believing them to give them that type of chance to to take the opportunities and I told you when I saw them against. Um, Portsmouth, Birmingham. Yeah, I said they've got only two good lads in there, Gabby. And even you turned around and said to me, "Yeah, you're not right. you're not wrong, Terry, but far too many kids have been thrown in." Yeah. and I get that. I yeah. do get it. But sometimes, why not throw them in? Because over the years, the experienced players have let the team down. They let the manager down, and, and let the club down. You know, I'm not always going to blame the, the experienced players because I, I, I was an experienced player myself. Yeah. What I'm trying to say is, it takes the right balance to get the right team. And the only person, whatever, can get that right is the manager.
2: Yeah. Yeah. 100% agree. And you're right. But I do think you, you do need some experienced players within that team. You need, I think it was, was it Cantonar who, who coined the phrase, you need water carriers as well. And, oh. and, I, and, and I think you do. You need flair players as well.
0: You need you need you need all sorts of type of players exactly. in the team. Yep. I mean, when they use that phrase a, "a water carrier," that player might not like that, but the flair players will look at this scenario yep. uh, and and they know that those type of players are very important to mm. the team. The ones what can get the ball and give it to the ones what can do some more damage yeah. whether, whether you're at the back playing into midfield from a midfield playing uh, through to the uh, forward line or the forwards you know you've got to have a right balance of everything when you start playing t- uh, players out of position I did not give a damn who you are Ashley Young has been a fantastic football player for Aston Villa uh, and a v- brilliant player uh, at Manchester United but I don't give a damn who you are whether you're Guardiola or Oli gunnar Scholzka. playing Ashley Young as an experienced player at left back that will never, ever work. It's not a left to for the start. Yeah. Ever, ever. You know, so for me, you need experience, but once you start playing any player out of position on a regular basis and, and Young's played now three or four games at left back since, uh, since um, Shaw's been injured, and, and, that, and that's not worked. and That's not helped the team. So, yes, you need experience, but when you're playing players, you've got to try and put them in the best positions, what's going to suit them, and the more happiest happy at which could help the team.
2: 100% agree. Again, uh, Massey Longstaff's goal that you referenced earlier for, for Newcastle, again, to score a goal on your debut, and and, and listening to them two boys, the, the brothers, um, that played centre midfield together. It must have been a dream when they were kids to both play for Newcastle United and to beat Manchester United as well. It was like happy days. And my third one is Jack Grealish's goal. Now I, I watched the whole game Um, something I've never done before, watched Villa an awful lot and watched 90 Minutes. But I like to watch Grealish. If I'm talking about a player, I like to have a a bit of knowledge about that player. And Grealish caught my eye several seasons ago. And I think the kid has blossomed into, in my opinion, an international player. And I do think now with Delph pulling out of the... The England squad. I do believe that Gareth has missed a trick because I would have called up Grealish. I noticed when the goalkeeper pulled out, Endo from Sheffield United had been put straight into the team. I think he could have done that with Grealish and and I think that when you go into tournaments and deeper into tournaments you need players that can actually play football pass the ball and make things happen and in Grealish and in Madison those are two English players that have got the ability to do that
0: brilliant how you put that across but since we've had foreign coaches uh, come into our country we are producing quality players now and what what you're saying about Grealish is 100% right I mean the the advice I could give to uh, uh, Jack Grealish is this he needs to pull his socks up and cover them shin pads up and I'll tell you the reason for why because when, he, when if you want to play for England, everything has to be done right. If it's not done right, they're not going to they're not going to pick you, and you're going to turn around and say, "Well, you know, does he have to do that?" Well, they will hold him back. They will hold him back. I mean, me going and playing in the third division didn't help me one little bit, but getting booked, doing the wrong things, arguing with referees, uh, going uh, into fans when fans were giving me abuse, and and me giving them abuse back. That didn't help me playing for England, mm. and I, and I would hate to see Jack Grealish not get that opportunity to play for England because what you and I and there's still not enough talk about Jack Grealish mm. his ability. When yeah. you you know that kid has done really really well in a team which is a big club is Aston Villa, yeah. right? And it's, it's just come back into the Premier League, so it's going to have its difficult times. Uh, and, and they're going to have good moments and bad moments. And every time they have a bad moment, there's going to be the ones these pundits and you see them every week on television. The first thing they're not going to—they're not going to have a go at Aston Villa. They're going to have a go at Jack Reglish, yeah. and this is the reason why he's not in. So what he's got to do is do the right things for the time being. And once he establishes himself in the national team, then he'll be able to do what he does at Aston Villa. Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah. Because people will be yeah. on his back all the time. There is not. Out of all these players, and there is some good midfield players, there is some fantastic mid, midfield players. You look at uh, uh, Sancho, and then you've got hudson Yeah. You know, bo- both wingers, both fantastic footballers. You know, one of them's not going to be playing. Yeah. Unless he plays one out on left and one on right. Uh, so it, little things like that are going to hold Jack greedish back because there's that many good players in there. But what Jack's got compared to the rest of them and I'm not not because I like some of the other ones, Mount and Madison. Uh, Barkley, I think, good. You know, and there'll be more different people like uh, Madison and uh, and Mount more than uh, Barkley. But Barkley's still a good player, yeah. And he can still do a good job, you know. So. They don't talk enough about Jack doing the right things all the time, and that disappoints me because of his. He is better than anyone else for mm. composure on the ball. He never panics. He never panics. Yeah. Ever. Uh, anybody who watches him, when people might turn around and say, "Oh, you're always agreeing on this and that about Jack Grealish." No, I'm not a Aston Villa fan. There's I'm no, like you. you. I'm, I'm I know. Yet. I'm like you. You know, but I recognise good players. Exactly. And how do we know? And this should. This should give him a chance, have a look at him, and I'm not saying uh, give him two or three games and then play him on left wing and that. Play him in his best position and let's see if he can do it. Yeah. At least we've got another good option if he can do that. Yeah. Instead of putting him out on left wing or right wing and disregard him, he, I told you so, he's not good enough, it, they should be able to play anyway. There's only certain players, there is only certain players in football can play anyway. Right? You play Messi at left back or in midfield. See, see how well he does then? Yeah. You know, and that's what we'll do with, with people like Jack Grealish. We don't want him in the squad, in the England squad, so we'll play him out wide. You know, it it it, it, it not baffles me. It, it hurts me to see that happen to people like Jack Grealish. And, and we have to stop, you know, these pundits have to stop saying every time that Villa don't do this. He is more composed than any other midfield player we have got in this country. Totally, watch it, yeah, totally analyse funny. it. Anybody, yeah. watch, listen to this, watch it, analyse it, and don't be biased. Just be honest with yourself mm-hmm. what he can do for a football team, whether it's your club or somebody else's club or our national team. And that's how I look at it. You know, you I mean,
2: know. I, I, I got bought up supporting Birmingham City, the stick I get from posting up about Grealish, but I just love the way he plays football. I mean, that that pass that he gave uh, when um, I think it was Uran that got yeah. uh, tripped in the box for the penalty. penalty yeah. That was just precision personified. he yeah. knew the exact second to just release that ball, and bang, there it was. And
0: in, in, oh. in all day. How long have I been going on yeah. about passing? Yeah, exactly. How yeah. long have I been going on about passing? Yeah. Listen, I'm not interested in Manchester City one little bit.
1: Mm.
0: I'm not interested in Guardiola one yeah. little bit. But I yeah. admire Guardiola, what he does. And the players he gets and how they pass that ball yeah. without giving mm. the ball away and tiring the opposition out until they become, uh, you know, uh, where they're giving the ball given back to them on mm. a regular basis. Yes, they got beat by Wolverhampton Wanderers. Brilliant by Wolverhampton Woods. I want to see that. I want to see teams take Manchester City on. Yeah. You know. But I have said it for long enough. You can do all your coaching in the world. If you cannot pass a ball, you will not win games. And you nobody nobody in the world can tell me, right? We know that people say, Well, they're top teams. Why are they top teams? Because they've got best players what can pass the ball. Improve your players. You've got all week. If you're there for three years and you get the three-year contract. You've got three years to get them players right to be able to pass it. Yeah. But the training, and I know the training is not much different nowadays from when I were play. Some of the some of the teams will do, but majority of the teams and the lower teams do the same thing. Organize, 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 organize. Do you need organization? Of course you do. Anybody with any modicum sense would understand, you know, you can't just throw everybody forward and score goals. Yep. That's why Manchester City concede goals. Yep. Liverpool's two centre-backs don't join in like the two centre-backs at to Manchester City. The two lads at Manchester City will finish in and around the, the, the opposition penalty box uh, passing the ball. Yep. That's why they get caught on counter-attacks and that's why people turn around and say, well, they can't defend. They don't understand the game. Anybody could anybody could point out what they're doing, but they don't point out the, what is the problem. The two centre backs that Manchester would join in. The two centre backs at Liverpool don't join in. Nowhere near like the the two at Manchester City. And getting forward, you did. The only time you see Van Dijk and the other guy, Matic, uh, going uh, going forward, is corner kicks, yep. and free kicks. You know, we've got until we until we can pass the ball. We're going to struggle at international level. And I'll tell you this, all of you, and that includes you, Gabby. Yep. Unless we get. A world-class goalkeeper, and the I keep saying the keeper's not a bad keeper, yeah. but another mistake at Burnley on, on 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 Saturday for Everton. Yeah, you know, and I do. I'm not highlighting it to 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 uh, criticize him because he's a good goalkeeper. It mm. cost 30 million pounds, so you know, does that make him a great goalkeeper? No, but it makes him you know a good goalkeeper. that somebody's seen something in him, yeah. and he does make good saves at times, but he makes mistakes. But when a goalkeeper makes a mistake, He's got nobody. He's got no one to protect him. Yeah. That's why they have to get it right, Gabby. They have to. They have to be a, a big guy. What's going to make the goals look smaller? They've got to be composed on the ball and they've got to understand the game nowadays yeah. by playing out from the back.
2: Racial abuse with England. They've. They've. what well, they've said. And, and it's it's all around the the world circulated through the press and media that if they get any racial abuse, one person, the whole team's going to just walk off the pitch. What's your take on that?
0: You've got to be careful on what you say nowadays with 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 the racist yeah. thing because these people what are really educated will pick up on anything, and 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 they can twist that uh, word in what you've said. Yeah. Now. Does anybody want to see people being abused on a football field? I don't give a whether uh, the black, Chinese, uh, Muslim, uh, Indian, or whatever. You know, there's no need for it. No. But in football, fans, because it becomes tribal when it when he, when it's a football, uh, trying to put the opposition off. Yeah. Right. It has to stop. It has to stop. We'll find and stop it. No, it won't. Yeah. How are you going to stop it now? let's... Let, I've always said to myself, we in England will be the one what fetches, uh someone off a football field, whether it's a player, whether we take a team off. I've always had that belief. That's what will happen. It be the it be the English, because it's always so what what do the um, forefront of everything for some yeah. for, for some unknown reason. It's like it's like Leeds United uh, or Sheffield. It, Sheffield Wins being at top the league, and we. <laughs> We know we're going to get some points deducted if there's any racist abuse. Yeah. So all of a sudden, Leeds United want to win that game. Uh, league, they're two points behind us. Three or four of the, or five or six of their players, uh, fans going to go to Sheffield Wednesday get tickets, and start giving a, a, a black player or a or a, or a foreign player uh, uh, racist comments, and they get points deducted. They're letting themselves open up. Uh, to something what's not going to be right this is in my opinion how do you stop it? I don't know is it proper punishment? So there is people around these people what these people uh, being abused why don't they point it out but get proper punishment, that'll stop it finding somebody, some of these fans what go to f- f- football matches they'll not be working so if they get fined they'll only be paying a pound a week, mm. you know, but there is other people, there's doctors and this bank manager because I've seen I I know some bank managers friends who I knew go ballistic at football matches not at black black, lads the the white lads and thinking they're calling him useless and and effing this and effing that and I used to think I I used to think to myself and he's a bank manager (laughs) you know I mean I love Sheffield Wednesday but not at the cost to abuse it to abuse you Gabby yeah it's not in my nation I don't win win fairly right and if you get beat by a better team hold your hands up yeah now i don't i don't know the answer to it i really don't because mm. do i think that's the answer no i don't because it's just open it up for more uh for the media to really um get it back keep it in the papers and it's that what keeps people uh, talking about things in it yeah. the the criticisms of the wrong things instead of the right things
2: and ironically it's a reduced uh, capacity because they they have been they have been reprimanded over racial abuse in the past. Have Bulgaria, so we just watch we Just this on that
0: point? What will happen? What will happen if a lot of fans turn around and say, "Well, there's no point. He's going because you know we've got some uh, ignorant people at games being racially uh, racially abusing people, right? Uh, and they get uh, all the fans get." Um, brought into it and you know criticised for it so they might turn I'm not going to football no more what happens when fans start to dwindle because of things like this Well, we we
2: kind of had that in in the 70s and the 80s, didn't we, with with the hooligans and and it crept in and and, and it affected the gates because there was a lot of fathers that wouldn't take the sons and the daughters to the games because of the football violence. So, you know, it it is one of those things that, that, you know, lots of people do get put off by certain things in the game. But I think at the top end, the Premier League, there's that many people waiting for season tickets and tickets That if you make a stand and don't go, somebody will take your seat. Unfortunately, that seems to be the the way that it is. But in this country, I don't think we've got a massive problem. But we know that there are certain countries in Europe that if you have got black players in your team, you are more than likely to have some racial abuse because that's just, it appears it's inherent in certain
0: football nations' support. Yeah, you, there is people waiting to get into some of these football grounds. But yeah. look, at look, look, take a prime example. It's not a black manager who's managing New, uh, Newcastle United. It's a local lad. Oh, yeah. And what they, they, they're giving Mike Ashley abuse. Yeah. Now, can you imagine if that would have been a, a black guy who owns Newcastle United?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, fans are stopping going... Uh, to, to games at Newcastle now. have got. It, it, they said, "Well, we've had enough of Mike Ashley, so we're not going to go." So don't think that it won't happen. Choose how many p- uh, play- players uh, people are waiting to get into these football clubs uh, on a waiting list. Mm. It will deteriorate, and it's got to stop. And if, if it doesn't stop, it, 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 it's it's going to be a sad thing for every for everyone that includes black players and fans in fans in general. We're not talking about the ignorant people. We're talking about fans in general, and uh, and uh, not just the black players, but foreign players uh, wherever they come from f- uh, th- throughout the world uh to be abused on a football pitch you we, know is wrong whether we get whether they get good money or whether they don't get good money it is wrong you they don't do it at theaters you know you can't do it at snooker you know you don't even see it really at, at rugby matches no. you know it's, it's just football i don't know why football has all this animosity and trouble uh for no reason at all because it's an entertaining sport really yeah
2: it would be nice if all football fans could go down, watch the game, enjoy the game, love the game, shake hands after, go back and watch the next game and appreciate football for what it's worth. But sadly, I don't think that day is going to arrive.
1: No, Somebody
2: that no, did appreciate you and was in your fan club was George Best. I bet that, yes. that must have been that must have been some day for you when you met the great fella.
0: I met him a couple of times through Alan Ball, yeah. um, but that that day uh, he'd just come back into to to England uh, and signed for Fulham. Him and Rodney Marsh. Yeah. And uh, people asked me what was the best goal I scored, and that was uh, it was at Fulham. I'd beat three or four players, and I was just looking through the the, the, the scrapbooks of what uh, my brother gave me, what my mum and dad had kept. Yeah. And uh, and it says in there, I beat th- uh, three or four players. And I clipped the ball right into the top corner. Of the sc- and I remember turning into to, towards the director's box and, and best went on his feet, uh, applauding the goal. Yeah. And uh, I went into the players' lounge afterwards and he came up to me, said to me, uh, you keep doing things like that, so you're going to be a top player. You know, I got a bad injury at the wrong time. But when you get players like him, and they weren't just him, they were Duncan McKenzie, Ian Storey-Moore, Norman Nunter, they all used to say to me, you know, what a player you are. Yeah. But I got two bad injuries at the wrong time and uh, it didn't help me in, in, in football. But, you know, when you get when you get it from your peers, you know that you're a good player. Yeah. When your peers give it you, when you get picked in that PFA team, uh, whether it's uh, Premier League or down at uh, Leicester City in, in the uh, Championship, Championship 1, two, whatever it is, and you get picked by the players into that team, you know, because players will players are good judges of other players, yeah. you know, and, and, and when you get that recognition, uh, it, it's great. I've had them all, you know, Malcolm McDonald, uh, all of them turned around and said to me, face to face, what a player you are. So, uh, it, it, throughout the years, it, I've enjoyed it, but when I got it from him, because he was my idol as a kid, uh, he was he's the best player I've ever seen and I've seen some great players. Uh, and I know Jim McCalliog was a great uh, player at Sheffield Wednesday and great skill. So he's my favourite Sheffield Wednesday player. But like Knowles, Peter Knowles, he's some up my end here at uh, Fitzwilliam. Fantastic ability, would have been, you know, a superstar footballer. When you get them type of players saying to you, you know, that they think that you're a good player and can be a great player and uh, you do feel good and, you know, it makes you feel proud.
2: Now, something that you were always told as well is, in the last couple of minutes, take it into the corner. <laughs> <laughs> and I love I love reading your posts daily and the clips now of, of those games. And it was Sheffield Wednesday 5, Rotherham nil, at the time. And you did, as Jack told you, you run the ball into the corner. You take up the story.
0: <laughs> well... It was not just Jack there's a lot of players at Uddersfield, and I mean we're in that you never got that we never got it at Everton but when you were a, lower, a lesser club or a lesser team and I mean Sheffield Wednesday's is a big club but we were in the third division and Jack were always petrified of uh, losing games and, and throwing games away and I think he got that from Don Revy up at least because you know they were a great team but the times they won one nil yep you know, uh, and trying to kill the game off. Anyway, we've been working all week on um, not uh, losing the ball and getting into corners, you know, in the last five minutes and <clears throat> getting into the areas and, and trying to keep the ball in areas and just to waste time. And I was quite good at holding the ball up anyway because I, I, could, I, could, I could not only run quick short or I could do it long and all I could do it from one penalty box to the other I've got great power in me in, in me running to be able to get full length at pitch and I went I was a decent cross country run anyway. I wasn't great but I, I wasn't a bad one neither I always finishing the first three in every club I was at you know so we'd been working all week Jack says right we're going to do all week because what had happened I don't know if it would mean but we'll just say it with me we we'll are not blaming anybody else we'll say it with me uh, we got a 3-3 three, three draw the, the previous week against Chesterfield and Jack went, went mad about it. So all week we trained at getting balls in the corner every day, you know, every minute, every hour. We, we worked on that. It was boring, absolutely boring. Anyway, we are playing Rotherham. So we worked on this for seven days and I mean a good seven days. So <clears throat> he'd always shout on Jack five minutes to go, four minutes to go, three minutes to go, whatever it was, he'd, he'd shout on. Get the ball in the corner. Kill the game. Kill the game. Anyway, I'm out on the left-hand side facing Leppin Lepp- Lepp- Lane end. Um, and for all the football fans uh, what don't know that, it's the one where the Liverpool fans had the problem at that at that end there. So, The ball had come out to me and said, Terry, get it into the corner. So I I, I ran deep right into the corner. I got it right to the corner flag and I got three men round me, just like I did against the the Sheffield United game when I scored that goal. And I got three men trying uh, trying to get the ball back. And I thought to myself, I'll tell you what I'll do here. I'll run back full length at pitch. And Jack said, I thought you were taking piss. By the way, I was taking the piss. You know, because I ain't all that like that. So I ran back right down the hour uh, and these three are chasing me. But one or two of my, our players are looking at me, going back, uh, uh, thinking I've gone berserk. So when I get back, I played the ball back to um, Bob Boulder, our goalkeeper. And then I started jogging back up, because I'm on the left-hand side, and I could see Jack's face. And I mean... If he if he could have come onto that football field, it would have come it come on because in my day they would have, they would have given you a clip around here. all yeah. managers did, mm-hmm. you know. The local policeman, if you if you went uh, pinching a bottle of milk or scrumping in in, in to somebody's garden, pinching apples off a tree, if the if the bobby caught you at my age when you were ten or twelve, you got a clip he'll by bobby, and Jack, you could see Jack's face. He was so angry because of what I'd done. But like he said, he thought I would take the piss out of him. But by the way, I was, you know, because uh, it used to bore me anything like that. And he went ballistic after the game in the dressing room. And he's going on and on and on and on and You know, it's a disgrace that you've done that. You know, you're trying to, uh, trying to belittle me. And, and, you know, you, you turn around and said, well, I'm going to be. You, you try and belittle us all the time sometimes, Jack. Not just you, all, a lot of managers do. So uh, when, he, when he turned around and he, he said something, uh, after his 10 minutes and all the blood pressure had, uh, boiled down, I said, I've only done what you asked me to do. You know, he said, I didn't ask you to go and put that ball run right, right that other end the pitch. You know, anyway, he, just, he walked off and in the dressing room, just off just off the dressing room, there's a boot room where we players boots are. He went in there for a drink with Morris and one or two of the other coaches. And then he, he came out about 10, 15 minutes later, as calm as anything. I was going for a pint, Terry you know uh, i mean i didn't drink beer i i, I go to have a glass of coke but okay. three or four of us, lads would go with jack and tomsey and Tom's here, morris and and, and i drink drinking travelers up at uh, on uh, not leping not leping planes and uh, a61 it is bansley road that's it bansley road we so we go in there for for, for a pint but uh, little things like that were funny but it meant all the other players laughing so the pressure it took the pressure off of other players because if anything are am not being funny else, you know being begetted to myself, I did use take a lot of pressure off the other players. I did, because uh, the manager would have more go at me, or well, if you had to go at other players, I'd get on onto managers, He'd get off his back. It's enough if, if the fans are having a go at him, but it was a funny. It was funny about it. It was funny, uh, but it weren't funny afterwards because I knew I was going to get it. I mean, there was another time when we um, were playing Derby County, and uh, I got round. The, I went round the goalkeeper. Stopped the ball on the line, got on my hands and knees and headed the ball into, into net. got on my hands and knees and headed the ball into net, you know. And one or two players are upset, you know, derby players. But Jack were running up and down that I'll kick you in head off. You know, if you do that again. You know. But I used to love to do anything like that. And I didn't I didn't do it just to belittle people yeah. on a football field. I did it to excite people. You know, yeah. you two or three up. I mean we it were nil nil then. But it, I it got disallowed. And to this day, I still don't know why they disallowed it. They give it offside. I think they disallowed it for Cheek and getting on my hands and knees and heading yes. it in. Really. But uh, I used to love to do things like that. You know, what's wrong with it? I mean, in today's modern day football, yeah. you know, the showboat and everything and no, said, I used to do things in training. And some managers turned around and said to me, you're not in a circus. Yeah. And so they, they, they discourage you from, you know, trying things in training. Because that's where you learn things in, in training, uh, Gabby. But, Everybody, every is different.
2: You see, the thing is, you was the ultimate entertainer. You, you the what, the way that you played was the same as Marsh and Bowles and Best and or Worthington. The crowd are there to watch a game of football and to watch footballers play and express themselves. And you guys did that. And you entertained what? us and we remember those moments.
0: What's wrong? What's wrong uh, when you're, two or three up and doing things like that and I understand them turning around and saying uh, well you, you, you're taking liberties and, and, and trying to belittle the opposition you're not trying to belittle you're trying to entertain the crowd yeah, exactly. you know showing the crowd what you know uh, look at this I can do this yeah. and this is a prime example uh, but many of me left me out uh, when we were playing Leeds United I think i have been left out twice once was at Arsenal and once was at um, and, and that was only because of being with Alan Ball all the time and we, anyway, he, he knew we were playing up, up at Leeds and I'd always done well against Leeds. Every time I played against Leeds United, you know, we've got results and I've either scored goals or made goals. In the semi-final, we got two. We were 2-0 down and we ought to be hammered that night because Tony Curry were on fire. But I made the two goals to get us back into the game and then I scored the winner down at uh, the Dell. But I remember playing up at Leeds and the the 5-1, the, the 5, five no whatever it was. Anyway, he threw me on in last... Uh, 10, 15 minutes, you know, expected to turn the game around at 5-0, 5-2, whatever it was. And I'm down at the cop end at Elland uh, Road. And I mean right down at the cop end. I'm not, I'm now in where where the Birmingham main fans would be, at, at yeah. Birmingham, and, and, and at, uh, in the cop at Liverpool. I'm right down in the cop end, right in the corner where the corner flag is. Anyway, there's uh, Frank Gray. I think Eddie played that day, Eddie Gray. And a couple of more of the uh, main players there. And the ball come to me and I trapped it within one instant. It stuck to me foot, and I put and I bent down and put my knee knee me, me on the ball and I went to all three of them. Come on, come and get it. Anyway, I get I goes into the uh, I goes in afterwards and he went absolutely. Who do you think you're? Now be five nil down and you're trying to show showboat and all that. And he said to him, "Laurie, get off his back. It's not his fault. We've we've got beat. we haven't played well, but managers stop you doing things like that." To, Gabby, they did. They change you know. And why? I don't. I don't know why. You know, uh, I get mm-hmm. it with the thing in, where you're trying to belittle the the opposition and it might to uh, antagonise the uh, the, uh, the fans. But surely fans want to see some some type of uh, bit of flashing. Yes, well, not flash in the sense flash from the person, but a bit of magic in the game. Something what people can go go down in a pub afterwards and talk about. Did you see that? See the arrogance of him, Stan Bowles, or, or whoever it were You know, so that. It, I didn't like managers for that but at the same time I, I, don't, I, can't, I don't understand them but we've always had it in this country but abroad they encourage it and they do produce flair player players year in and year out a lot of these a lot of these uh, European clubs and uh, South American clubs compared to what we what we did what we did what we have but up until recently I think we've got one or two young lads coming through now more than one or two lads coming through I think we've got some great players coming through now
2: I'll give you one example. And I've watched Match of the Day from a nipper when I used to have to go to bed because me my younger sister we all had to go to bed at the same time. And then my dad had And the old man had come up the stairs and because she wouldn't get a bloody sleep, my sister. She knew I was going down and yeah. watch match of the day. So I've seen match of the day more times than I can can remember. But the one the one instance that I do remember on there is when Leeds United beat Southampton. 7 uh, 0. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And I remember that. Bremner
2: one. and Giles and that, and they were knocking the ball around. Yeah, okay, they were showboating and they were 7 0. But I still remember that to this day as a 55 year old bloke.
0: Listen, I know this was only a testimonial, and, and uh, Peter Knowles had, uh, you know, he retired. Yeah. You know, uh, he'd become a Jehovah's Witness and uh, he retired, and there was a testimonial, and, and I was at the game, and he pulled the ball down, ball come out of the sky, he pulled it down, right, and one or two fans were giving him a bit of stick, because obviously being a Jova witness, and, and, and I think it was done, I think it were playing at Man United, but anyway, I mean, I'm talking about, I'd be 12 or 13, and, uh, Chalky White, a, a lad from our village, who's was a big friend of, uh, Civil, his brother, you know, but he was playing in this game, he was playing in this game, and, uh, pulled it down He nutmegs somebody's going he's he's enticing the guy you know uh, with his hands come on come and get the ball come and get the ball and as as the guys come through he's put it through his legs turned back round and he's the guy's got up you can see anger in his face and as he's turned back round to face peter or chase peter peter's turned back round again and put it back through his legs again (laughs) you know things like that gabby I will never forget him, you know, ever in my lifetime. To see things like that, the arrogance of it, yeah. the cheek of it and the brilliance of it. And I, I thought it, stu- it, stuck in, it stuck in my head. Even now, I'm 64 and I still think about that. Like what You know, to be able to have the cheek and nerve and the guts to be able to do it, it, fantastic. And the fans want to see little things like that. Yeah. Didn't Tony Curry,
2: didn't he stand on the ball once and didn't Borley do it in the game before? No, what had
0: happened... Uh, Alan uh, Tony Curry stood on the ball and folded yeah. his hands. Yeah. Right? Uh, 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 trying to take the piss out of Arsenal. So, and what what Borley did, Baller come to Borley, Borley stopped it and sat on the ball and, and just sat on the ball yeah. with his hand folded. You know, because they were trying to take the piss out of them and Borley did it back to, to them. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, they talk about that now and they'll turn around and say, brilliant. But some managers didn't like it. For something... We like Sergeant Majors in this country, and I'm glad it's I'm glad it's opened up a little bit. I'm, yes, you want discipline. Yes, you want organisation. But you've got to lighten up when when your team are winning. All right, you can say, well, we weren't winning at Leeds, but we we're already getting beat five 0 and they were just taking the they were just taking the piss and keeping the ball. And I thought, you're not going to take the piss out of me, lads, because you're going to get some back, you know. But it, I suppose it don't look right when you get when you're five 0 down.
2: But again moments magic moments that us fans love and still remember i love the brian clough story that you posted up as well on your uh, your facebook page you were standing next to brian at the time wasn't you
0: clive tilsley yeah yeah yeah, yeah that one i mean clive says it well clive says he was sat down It yeah. might have gone back said said to him uh on 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 on, on the uh, train when he when he was sat down and he got the tie on yeah and said to him you look smart but it we were in. We was in the uh, train station. We were waiting, obviously, for a train to come in. Hmm. And I mean, there were me, Martin, Robbo. We're all stood together when he, when 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 Cluppet said to him, "Young man, anybody who comes with Nottingham Forest must be dressed smart. Go and get a tie, lad." And we looked at we looked at each other playing, <laughs> and then we started laughing. Yeah. You know, because we know what he was like, and you don't know if he's you don't know if he's taking the Mickey or if he's being serious. Yep. But obviously we're being serious, and he said it two or three times to him. And eventually, uh, I think I'm not sure if Clive turned around and said, "Well, I've got no money on me," yeah. you know, um, because obviously we'd been a report; everything would have been expensive, yeah. wouldn't it? Just yeah, sign yeah. for, you yeah. know. So uh, what he did, it, 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 Cluffy gave him a quid, whatever it was in them days, a couple of quid, whatever it was, and he ran out and got a, went went to his shop, got a tie, come back and thing. But he was only a young lad. Uh, Clive if he were twenty, twenty-one, I don't know mm. um, down about that that age uh, but I'll, I'll never forget that because uh, I, I mean Clive went on to be successful in as a commentator yeah. and a lovely lovely lad you know but uh, it was funny at the time when, when when he said it because you wouldn't expect a manager to set a, re- a reporter you know Young man, go and put, go and get yourself a tie. Or you're not in my party. I only want people wore a dress, a dress, well, what address address. Well, what's in our party with Nottingham Forest? You know, you had to have a dress uh, dress code with, with Cluffy he, Yet he always wore that green uh, sweatshirt, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, yeah. But he was when he wore a suit, he, he was smart. I must yeah. admit, when, when he wore a suit, he was smart. But uh, I think he was funny. We had people realizing yeah. how funny you were. Mm. You know. And I think he knew when he were do, doing those things because he's it, never been audible to people. Because I've seen him, I've seen him. I've been, in, I've been in an hotel when Nigel was only Nigel was manager of um, Burton. I had, I got my teeth knocked out when I was playing uh, Fulham. Yeah. And uh, he took me to his dentist on the Sunday morning. He got the dentist to come in, right? And mm-hmm. uh, and check my mouth. You know, because I got my front two teeth knocked out at the time, and two or three at this side of them were dead because I got an elbow by less strong, less strong. So we were in the pub having a, a bit of lunch about one o'clock, half past twelve, one o'clock. And Nigel, uh, Simon, and Elizabeth were playing outside uh, the pub, and then they came in and said, "Dad, there's a there's a tramp outside," and he bought a lunch and he took it out, he took it out to him and. Uh, he give the, the the tramp uh, a meal. So, I think sometimes he did it just to get a reaction from people. Yeah. You know, because when I was there for three years, he was a kind man. It's like any manager. Sometimes I never saw him go mad. You know, it, it'd fine you. You know, if you did something wrong, he'd just come in and and I mean, I got a few fines there. You know, for retaliation. You know, he hated uh, you yeah. in anything back to referees. In, 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 in all total, it was about £200. Well, in them days, it was a lot of money. Yeah. You know. But at the end of the season, we were not, uh, this was the first season I was there, not the second season when we got promotion. promoted. It was the first season when I, when I went there. I mean, it was half, halfway through the season, but they played so many games. But at the end of that season, they were going to Australia. Right? Mm-hmm. And he said, to, I mean, I didn't like, I didn't like travelling over to flying over to Australia. So he said to me, "If you're not bothered about going, Terry, to 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 Australia, at the end of the season. I'll give you the two hundred pounds I think he took somebody else on the one of his friends on the on the on the trip to Australia. But he gave me the two hundred pound back. Oh. You know, so little things like that. You know, you don't know if you've been serious or not sometimes, at Gabby.
2: That must have been one of the first. Pre-season tours, or end of season, however you want to wrap it up, trips to Australia, because clubs never went that far in them days, did they? No, no. No, they didn't. I remember Arsenal did, because Odie and McDonald got sent back from from Australia and Singapore, and they had the row with uh, Terry Neal, but that was a clash of personalities. That was nothing other than that.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to flying. Yeah. But, you know, traveling eight hours, nine hours oh, to, 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 to to Australia, what I think 20, 24 hours, yeah, 26 yeah. hours, whatever it was in those days. And uh, he said to me, you're not uh, bothered about going on this trip, are you? And I said, no, boss, I'm not, oh. if I'm honest. Yeah. So he said to me, he said, uh, the fines uh, I've taken off you, if you're not bothered about going, uh, I'll give you them back. Uh, and he, he took a friend, he took a friend that, Took a friend out there, you know, because obviously, um, lots of people a lifetime to go. I mean, a, a, a fortnight in, or yeah. ten days, twelve days. It, I think it was two weeks they went for mm-hmm. uh, end of the season tour, not tour. It end of the season, like so. It went for a it, they went for a break. Yeah, you know, uh, they did play a couple of games out there because when you go up, when you get when you play these games, they do get paid to these teams. Yeah. So, uh, but he gave me he gave me the money back. Yes. It, the problem with Clough you didn't know whether he were being serious yeah. or not and that was his, that was the, the the myth about him
2: and there's so many great Brian Clough stories and we're going to oh. we're going to be telling we're going to be telling one every week on the podcast and, and the same was like with Jack because I love listening to the stories of Jack Charlton as well um, your contract at Forest, you posted that up um, today yes and signed it Edward Curran
0: right didn't you Listen, when I signed for Doncaster Rovers, I've got yeah. a brother called Terry. Yeah. Right. Now you didn't know that, did you? Yeah, I read your book. Right. I've got a it? brother. have got a brother called Terry. Yeah. And when I signed for uh, Doncaster Rovers, um, we had a guy there called John Quigley who played for Nottingham Forest mm-hmm. in the 1959 FA Cup Final. Okay. And Quiggs kept calling me Terry, and I said, Quiggs, my name's Ted. You know. Don't ask me why. But he kept calling me, Terry. Yeah. And then I, I made my debut at um, Gillingham. Yeah. And we got beat 5-0, five, 5-1. Mm. Uh, and I did all right. And the next day, when I said next day, Monday morning, the headlines in, in, in the Doncaster Evening Post, uh, Star, whatever it was then, it says, Fan, uh, thank Evans for little Terry.
1: Yeah.
0: And the guy is Joe Slater. And I said to Joe, "Joe, my name is not Terry. It's it, it, it's Teddy. It's Edward, but Teddy, you know." And uh, but everybody kept calling me Terry. And then when I said to Joe, Joe, so and then I got another red line. Uh, Teddy's all gone. I said, Joe, my name's not Terry. It's Teddy, you know. And he's still. So when I signed for North Forest uh, and I signed Edward Curran, yeah. Uh, fluffy said to me, "He said, uh, what's your name?'" I said, "Edward," but Teddy. Uh, you know, my name's Teddy. You know so then he started calling me edward i mean majority of the time we call you young man yeah. but sometimes when he called you by your, your name he called you edward so he called me edward for about six months not on a regular basis because it would, it would be young man but every now and again he'd go edward if you don't get me a golden nail and i'll chop your balls off lad are you listening <laughs> you know and it were little things like that and then after about six months when he did call me by me naming again, he called me Tevins, And I said to him, my name's not Tevins; It's not Terry. It's Edward. But then when you sign an autograph, yeah. and I'd sign Teddy, the people would look at it and said, you know, you Teddy," Terry. And I said, no, my name's Teddy. And they said, well, will you sign Terry? And so I just, I just, I, I finished up leaving it. But I put it in the papers. I, I, had it, I had it everywhere. It's still people kept calling me Terry, so... If I put Teddy, people... so I just put Teddy now. If I'm doing a photo for- to do with football, I just put Teddy. It it's, it, it, it just saves it all, because, trying to keep explaining to people. But no, my name is Edward, but Teddy was sh- uh, Ted was short. But it's a great
2: insight to what you actually signed to in that contract, didn't it? There were 17 different agreements and you read through them. And Did, did you actually read the contract or just think, oh, I'm just going to sign it?
0: I didn't go to school, Debbie. Did you not? <laughs> Well, I know, I never missed school, but what, what I did, I, I played in all four years of contracts. Yeah. Would I have understood that? No, I wouldn't have. Yeah, I you know, it. The lovely. reason, if we didn't put it on there to, to show people... Uh, yeah. what, because when lads say to me, what you're earning, just say I was earning 120 quid a week, I yeah. said, 120 quid a week, nobody would tell the truth. Mm. Yeah. You said to me, what you're earning? You know, I said, 120 quid, you're not a liar. Yeah. Uh, you are not get no more than 80 quid like we're giving. I sort of, so I'd show them. Yeah. I mean, I shouldn't have done. You know, but what I, what, I, what I put it on for, for people to see, yeah. uh, not the wager part of it, but the contract, yeah. what you what you can do and what you can't do yeah. and what you've got to do, your dress sense and everything else. Yeah. I mean, it'll change a little bit nowadays with the with social media thing is, you know, uh, and they would try and stop you talking to the press and things like that. So when people read the contract, if you read the contract, yeah. some of that, some of that you wouldn't, you won't understand it anyway. Yeah. You know, but uh, no, I didn't. uh, Did I read it? No. Did I understand it? No. Uh, But I knew I was signing for a a top manager. What's
2: the maddest thing or the most weirdest thing that you've heard that a player's had in their contract?
0: Oh, Jesus, what? (laughs) You can see why people are selfish because I would think as a manager, why would I give you as a centre forward? Yes, you get thirty goals a season. Why would I give you uh, an incentive to score goals? Yeah. Now a lot of people say, "Well, what are you talking about?"
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Hang on a bit. It's a team game. This. Yep. Yeah. It's a team game. I'd walk around. I'd walk around the goal. Goals. Goalkeeper. There'd be no net. I could have. I could have knocked it into into net, but I didn't. I'd knock it for my Andy McCullough, I'd knock, it, I'd knock it for Ted McDoodle and let them score the goals. Yeah. Now. There were things like that. Now, yes, I can I can see why players get it, you know. But then everybody's shooting from all over the place, aren't they? Yeah. It's not players. It's not playing as a team, Mm. you know. So uh, I tell you what. I tell you what. I let myself down on when I think about this. There were players uh, when it were over twenty five thousand fans at the ground. They got an incentive. An incentive. But every club I played at. Every club I played at. When I went to Everton, this is a fact. When yeah. I went to Everton, the first game I played there was either eleven and a half or twelve and a half thousand people. Mm-hmm. When I left Everton, that six months period, six weeks long period, our last game was twenty seven thousand against Notts Forest. Yeah, it's Sheffield Wednesday. My first game there, uh, I think it was a cup. I know I was on the bench uh, at Watford, but I think we played a League Cup game against Mansfield, and there are about 12,000 people there. We were averaging 33,000 people. Yeah. I never got an incentive out like that in my contract. And when I think about it, I must have been stupid because every manager I played under, you know, by having the serious injuries, you know, uh, if I got a knock on my ankle, it'd be stiff and sore, yeah. you know, and, and you'd be icing it over the weekend. But say a Cluffy, even Cluffy would turn around and say, we need you to play on Saturday. You, you, you put five or six thousand people on this gate,
1: mm.
0: you know. So the little things people got in their contracts, uh, over twenty five thousand or twenty thousand fans uh, scoring goals, uh, making goals, and I never, I never, I, I never did anything like that. When I think about it, you can see why players have got agents. Yeah, you know, and uh, you can see why players get. Um, upset when, when certain players are earning this vast amount of money, you know, uh, and some other players are not. Mm. Because it's a team game and you're going to get your stars, I understand that because that's where a lot of a lot of fans will do go and see certain players. But there's all little things in there. I mean, there, there were some really weird ones, but off my head, I just can't think about it. I mean, I'll speak to one or two other players and, and, and find out uh, what, what, what were the weirdest ones they had. But I didn't have any. I mean, I signed for Doncaster Rovers, and uh, my first wage is £20 uh, a week. Mm-hmm. I signed that for three years. Yeah. There were no pay rise in it. There were nothing. There were no bo- the bonus, bonus. Not appearance, appearance money, players got. Uh, being there for a, a, a length of time, you got a bonus. You know what I mean? Yep. They have bonuses like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in my first contract, it was £20 a week, and that was for three years. There weren't an incentive an increase in in my pay the following year and the following year. And I'm only there for about, I think, 14, 18, 16, 18 months before I was transferred to Knott's Forest for £75,000. So, you know, I didn't come through the youth system. I came up at streets at 18, 17 and a half, well, nearly 18, because I signed on my 18th birthday. Uh, Practically went straight into the team within three or four months. Uh, and were, I was sold like i said between 14 16 18 months for 75,000 pound what a tremendous profit that was for doncaster rovers yeah. Could you imagine could you imagine them selling a player now every every year for two or three million quid yeah you know because that would help them clubs out yeah At doncaster with me what went there mickey always went for about 60,000 i think brendan o'callaghan went for 30,000 to stoke And I think Pete Kitchen went for uh, thirty or forty thousand, I think, to either Cardiff or Fulham. I'm not quite sure, but we sold some good young lads uh, at Doncaster. But um, what were the weirdest one? I didn't have one. And off my head, I've never heard anything like you know, oh weird. But that's what players will give in the contracts, you know, uh, appearance money, loyalty money, uh, goals. For how many goals are made little things like that now when you're giving when you're giving vast amount of money in wages I, 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 I can't understand why clubs would pay that type of thing out but when you're desperate for players
1: yeah
0: I would imagine that's what happens
2: I think you're right. And I think it is the desperation that some of the silly things are put into contracts and, 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 and players just gladly sign it. Last now, week's...
0: Now, what now I, I, I have heard, yeah. that some managers have give players X number X, X amount of pounds uh, in their wages to give back to managers. But you don't know whether they're telling you the truth or not. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I've heard little things like that. Last
2: week's football forecast because we are reaching that time now. We're almost the hours up. It flies by. We, uh, we both went Forest against Brentford and we both got it right. Yeah. We both went Villa at Norwich and we both got it right. We both went Millwall to get beat by Leeds United, but you know, These things happen, especially when there's penalties and sendings-offs. And uh, Millwall got a great win against Leeds. Fulham and and Cholton, live game on the TV. We both went Fulham, and Bowyer's boys got a tremendous draw there. And Wednesday beating Wigan, we both went that. The game that was going to decide whether it was 6-3 or 5-4 was Burnley versus Everton. And you went with your old boys, the Toffee men, and I, uh, I went with the Clarets. At uh, at Burnley. I think they're a really difficult team when they're at Turf Moor. It's a horrible place to go. Have you got many memories about playing at Turf Moor and the Pendle
0: Witch? I played there a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, I got a really bad injury at Forest. Of course you did, yeah. I got a a really bad injury at Forest, uh, at Everton. And um, what had happened, I played in a reserve game they rushed me back to, to go and get me fit for the League Cup I, I couldn't I didn't make the League Cup final, uh, final or semi-final whatever it was but I made the FA Cup semi-final against Watford against Southampton to beat Watford in the final yeah. to Ivory that was anyway I played in that game and as you do everybody's pranking about and Adrian Heath must have been because he played in that game with Adrian Heath and, and I can remember injury giving old Jim Arnold's tie and giving the physio scissors and, and ripping the and you know uh, cutting the tie, making it a little small tie. And when Jim went to get his tie, I'd seen his tie, right, me and inches outside doing a warm up. And Jim come on the pitch. Who's got this? We know it's you. I said, "Don't no, to do with me." And it he would injure, you know. But he would adamant. It, he was adamant. It was me. Yeah. Anyway, once we once we got uh, got that out of the way uh, in the game. I forget what the player was but our goalkeeper came out with his feet up and the kid broke his leg oh, his God. fibula but the bone was sticking out oh, and that dear. that was that that was horrible that yeah. i mean that was a that was a bad thing that yeah. um what was the other one? Oh, forrest uh after my uh knee uh I went on loan to Bur- to 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 Burnley. Oh no, Burnley. I went on loan to Bury, but, yeah. but but it weren't that that was it. What had happened towards the end of that first season? I'd had a couple of little uh, niggly things. Things what never I'd, I've never had in football. Yeah. Uh, I had an ankle, and then I I played the reserves, come back from the reserves, and and, and scored in my first match back against was it Walsall oh. or whatever or league cup against Walsall. But what had happened? Uh, I had a flu I had a flu jab. And it was absolutely, honestly, Gabby. I thought I was dying. I couldn't eat anything, and I was rushed into hospital. Uh, I'm gonna, I'll put a, I'll put a photograph on. Uh, part of me ever come out. All my skin had shredded. My nails had come out. All my, my nails had come out of me, my, um, my fingernails, obviously, uh, but the they, they grew again. All my skin, all over my body, shredded. Jeez. They got the dermatologist in, like you know, and they still couldn't find out what it was. And I only the things I ate was soup, you know, through through the straws and things like that. And I was bad for about three or four days. They put it down to the flu jab a reaction. Wow. Right. But I've had a, I've had I'm, I'm not sure if I've had a flu jab since.
2: Probably not. But I I
0: think not. I must have put it down to a dirty needle.
2: Yeah, it must have been.
0: That's what I think I put it down to. But but when I got back, right. Burnley, I got back into the team of Forest. Burnley were at bottom of the league, old first division. Yeah. And they tried to take me on loan. Right. And Cluffy said, no, no, uh, I'll find that out huh? and I'll put it on for you to, yeah. to, 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 to read. Um, so, small little stadium, always uh, remember them being a, a, a class uh, old first division team. I mean, Burnley's won the uh, old first division. Yeah. You know, I remember all these little things and 17,000 people, I think that was a record or that was the highest type of, uh, average type of fans they used to get in, even in those days when others got big fans, uh, big crowds. Um, but they, they were the little things that I remember about Burnley that I could have signed on loan for them uh, because they tried to take me on loan and it helped to try to keep them in the first division and Cluffy wrote, well, I could have sent him there and it might have done him world of good. But he might have come back, uh, uh, and he might have knocked his confidence. But I was—I'm never—I was never that type of player. I mm. think I might have helped Burnley to stay up. I'm not saying you would, you know. But in my in my beliefs, I thought I would—I would have helped him to, to stop up. Would I have gone? No, because I just I just signed for Nottingham Forest. I'd, mm. I'd only been there about five or six months, you know. So uh, that was the two things that uh, what stick out in my mind at uh, Burnley.
2: Well, TC, it's been another wonderful hour, an educating hour, and we were brilliantly played in, as always, by Jimmy Coburn and Dream Forever. I'm going to wish you all the best this week. We've got no fixtures this week because it is the international break. We'll be back on it next week with another group of fixtures and it'll either be 6-4 to TC or 5-5. Five, five. Gabby is fighting back and we're going to leave you all guys with Dance in the Sunshine by Holly Cook. So till next week, thank you very much. And thanks well, for listening.
0: I shall listen to both those uh, songs uh, when it's posted up tomorrow. Have a good weekend to you and your missus and your family, uh, and I hope it's a great result for England over the weekend.
2: Too true, and just to say as well, guys, uh, we have got a Spotify playlist of all the records that we do play on our weekly podcast, The Current View, with the idol of Hillsborough, Mr.
0: Terry Cunningham. Thanks, TC. Thank you, Gabby. Like I said, have a good weekend. We'll speak to you next week. Chase Bell. and you and yours bye. as well. Thanks, Thanks Tim. Bye bye. Bye-bye.